0: Hi everybody, I'm Katie. And I'm Rhiannon. And welcome to Haunting Cases. what do you mean (laughs) welcome in everybody i hope that you're having a wonderful friday so far even if you're listening to this like right on the dot of midnight (laughs) because for some reason there's one person out there that listens right on the dot of midnight because i've checked our analytics late at night before i'm like oh podcast just dropped and there's always just one person that's already played it i'm like Thank you to that one listener for being super <laughs> <laughs> devoted to us. I appreciate you. Right. But please get some sleep. <laughs> Maybe they're in another time
1: zone and, and wherever they're at, it's not the middle of the night. Oh, that that might be true. Because it's, it be
0: like, <laughs> it's the middle of the day. It's the middle of the day, and I'm telling them to go to bed. They might be like, yeah, yeah, Katie, I'll go to bed. <laughs> Yes, thank
1: you, devoted listeners. We do appreciate all of you. We're so happy
0: that you're coming back, <laughs> that you haven't <laughs> dropped off yet. <laughs> we do appreciate that. And we appreciate any new listeners coming in too, because wow, I think that we went from like our regular fifty-ish like audience up to like seventy-five or something like that this week, which I'm like, oh cool. Cool. Getting new listeners. And then the unique viewers on YouTube's page is actually going up. So, guys, if you haven't already, please make sure to check out all of our... (laughs) Please make sure to check out (laughs) all of our podcasting platforms, including YouTube. And if you haven't already, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and ring that notification bell for the next time a video is dropped. A video? A video. (laughs) 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 <laughs> because there are videos over on YouTube. <laughs> There's still podcasts. Um, oh, are videos, aren't they? For a second there, I was like, are you
1: like Kia Rex mode? But that's right, I guess they are videos. <laughs> no, <laughs> There's no. There's just not a whole lot to watch. But I did need to make a video for Kia Rex this weekend, and that,
0: that didn't happen. <laughs> I've been so good about it, too. I'm like, New Year's resolution, I need to get my shit together. I need <laughs> I need to make good sure... New Year's resolution. <laughs> I need to get make sure... I'm uploading frequently for Kirex, going live with Kirex, because that poor channel is so close to monetization over on Twitch. I'm like, yes, yes, we're almost there. And then I'm like, la, 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 pretty flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Just completely forgetting about it. I'm like, damn it, that's money. That's money right there that's going away. (laughs) (laughs) But. Yeah, I mean, if you if you like gaming and you like commentary and you like my personality, come join us over on the Twitch family or on the YouTube page at QRX. You know, shameless plug.
1: <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> all occasionally, good. you
0: can check out Rui over on Valorfall's page.
1: <laughs> yes, very, very occasionally. <laughs>
0: very occasionally, it's once in a blue moon that we get a spell thief.
1: Yep a, a wild roaming spell thief that wanders into the room <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah but thank yeah. you guys so much and definitely thank you to our 100 followers over on Instagram you guys yes, are you amazing so but, yep. Ray is there anything new happening for you today
1: new new things happening today uh
0: <laughs> I mean you can breathe a little bit more which is good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that is new. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like hacking up a, a half a lung over here like (laughs) our last recording session. I apologize, listeners. I'm sure I came out very coffee and raspy, though. Hopefully was able to clear out most of that.
0: I think I cleared out most of them. There was (laughs) once in a great while, because normally when I'm doing your episodes, I'm like, Reed does not stumble over her words like I do. I am dyslexic, and I sound like a toddler trying to read really big words. So... (laughs) I'm like i just kind of like listen and i'm like yeah she's going good she's going good okay that's an open section we'll shorten that down so there's no dead space and then all of a sudden i get cough cut, cut i'm like jesus
1: <laughs> oh yes the breathing is back that's nice uh yeah i, I guess it's not a whole lot new going on the, the cats being a little menace we had a if one of those floaty helium balloons with ribbons on it in the, the other room and <laughs> he loves the ribbon. He kept trying to eat it so we finally had to relocate the balloon. But yeah, it was just kind of one thing after another last night with the cat where he would just go after one thing, you'd move that, you'd go after another thing, you'd move that. And it was just like a constant battle of him finding trouble. But I, I guess I'm saying that's new, but I guess that's not really new. That's just kind of the everyday cat life for Ronan. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah. that's uh that's probably all about the new stuff i got going on this weekend it's just chasing around the crazy cat trying to keep him from swallowing ribbons because i try to be a good cat mom <laughs> uh, well guys
0: i think that we're gonna go ahead and shift into our disclaimers and trigger warnings so we will talk to you in just a moment While we understand that some individuals listen for the entertainment aspect of true crime, it's important to remember that these are real people with families and friends who may still be suffering from their loss. These stories are not meant to open old wounds or cause further emotional damage to those involved. We remind you to please be respectful. Do not dox or contact those involved with cases. While paranormal occurrences
1: and urban legends may be sources of tourism, please be considerate if you visit one of these locations. Do not engage in trespassing and be sure to ask for permission if you plan on recording. Be aware of your surroundings and travel safely. The cases discussed in this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners.
0: Listener discretion is advised. episode, we will be discussing cases involving children or teens. These are cases that can be very disturbing to some listeners. As always, listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know has a child who has been victimized, please call the proper authorities and look at missingkids.org or call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's hotline at 800 843 Five, six, seven, eight. for more helpful resources now back to the show well welcome back everyone your face said that you were going to do the welcome back <laughs> I, was, I was like should I do it or are you going to do it who's going to say welcome back I was just giving oh, him no. a moment of silence <laughs> so I could switch over <laughs> without them hearing me click <laughs> to get to my page But welcome back in, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our Tigger warnings. Um, Why, yes. (laughs) I do apologize, but we do have a child's case today, or at least somebody that I would consider to still be a child because they're only 18. But... We're going to go ahead and get started today. There's no vocab lessons with Katie, unfortunately. We're getting slimmer and slimmer as we go forward with the podcast <laughs> on <almost. laughs>
1: running out of vocab for the lessons. <laughs> we are.
0: We are, unfortunately. But as always, if there's any questions about any of the words that I use in this episode, please feel free to email us at hauntingcasespodcast at gmail.com. Brooklyn Farthing, or Brooke, was born on August 19th, 1994. She grew up in Brea, Kentucky, a town located in Madison County, best known for its art festivals, historical restaurants, and buildings, as well as the Brea Liberal Arts College. And it's a very, very tight-knit community. Like, everybody knows everybody there. Brooklyn was your standard country girl. She liked doing the outdoorsy things like fishing and riding four-wheelers but she also loved dressing up and putting on a full face of makeup to go out with friends. She loved animals and was described by friends and family as a sweet yet spunky girl. Brooklyn was a very laid-back social butterfly who was loved by everyone that knew her. She had a large social group, but was very close to her family, especially her older sister Tasha and her younger sister Paige even at times being noted as the glue that holds everyone together. At the time of her disappearance, Brooklyn had recently graduated in June of 2013 from Madison Southern High School and like many new adults to the world was considering her options. Now, I think me and you both went through this stage of like, we got out of school. We weren't really sure what we were going to do going into adulthood. So we took some time before returning to like college
1: Oh no! I went straight to college. You went straight to college. <laughs> yeah, I went straight to college. <laughs> like I know what I want.
0: Here I go. I'm like I, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm gonna go. Work. <laughs> that was one of those like determined bookworms of
1: I got this more education.
0: <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, Brooklyn really hadn't decided if she was going to continue her education. Or if she should take some time before jumping back into it. Even mentioning to her mom, just give me a month off.
1: So that which, sounds reasonable. That's, yeah. that's yeah. fairly yeah. reasonable.
0: Yeah. I'm like you go 18 years in school and you're just constantly like going and going and going. And then if you also like participate in sports and other things outside of school, it really gets overwhelming. So I can understand just being like, I want to be a couch potato for a month and like hang out with my friends and enjoying my life while I'm young.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I at least took, like, the summer. Like, I didn't sign up for summer courses or anything. So,
0: yeah, I definitely think a month is very reasonable. (laughs) Yeah, that's very reasonable. But anyway, Brooklyn had an interest in pursuing cosmetology, and she loved doing hair and makeup. And basically, if she was going to go back to school, she was planning on doing that. Cool. On the day of June 21st, 2013, Brooklyn and Paige had both scheduled to take their driver's test. Paige went first, and unfortunately, she did not pass. Apparently, this became a running joke for the rest of the day. However, the two came home giggling and bubbly with joy as Brooklyn had passed her driver's exam. The Farthing family then attended their grandfather's 70th birthday party as a group, as they were currently unsure if he would make it through the rest of the week. He had some very ailing health from what I... Understood between the Investigation Discovery interviews and the Vanished podcast interviews, which I will link in our references. Later that same evening, Brooklyn, Paige, and their cousin plan to attend another birthday party. However, I got a note here that in the Investigation Discovery episode... It seems that this may have been an end-of-the-year party as well to celebrate the coming of summer break, and it was being held off of Red Lick Road. Now, Brooklyn had already made plans with a friend to spend the night, and prior to ever leaving her house or arriving at the location from what I could understand, she had prepared an overnight bag. Prior to the three leaving, everyone was smiling, happy, and giving out hugs, and saying goodbye to fellow relatives. The rules were clear as they went out for the night. Have fun and call back in. Which, I mean, for most parents that let their kids go out regularly without a curfew and not worry of like having them home at a certain time, I know that my number one rule was like, if you're staying at somebody's house, you call and let us know where you're at. Which, that's a reasonable rule
1: oh yeah definitely
0: so now from here what i found this party to be was basically what i would describe as a bonfire party there's music playing there are trucks backed up with their tailgates open to the fire and girls are kind of dancing around and guys are hanging out on the tailgate having a couple of beers which I would presume there's also a couple of red solo cups in the crowd, too, which means that there's definitely some alcohol going around, whether that be beer or something stronger. According to Paige, Brooklyn seemed to be having a good time. She was socializing with people and dancing. Paige and the cousin eventually leave the party, as Brooklyn plans to stay elsewhere for the night. They don't worry about having to take her home or to a secondary location. And it's getting late, so they basically want to go home and hit the hay. However, Brooklyn and this friend got into a disagreement shortly after Paige and their cousin left. Apparently, there was a boy that her friend wanted to stay the night with, and she wanted to stay at his house. Understandably, this made Brooklyn feel very uncomfortable, and she basically told this friend, like, you know what, you do you, I'm going back home tonight. Like, whatever, man. Yeah. So that friend leaves brooklyn stranded at the party with no way to get home
1: definitely does not sound like a good friend at all no i'm like
0: ooh, that's not good (sighs) oh gosh so at this point brooklyn's starting to try to figure out how she's going to get home however she's also not going to let it spoil her evening and continues to have fun shortly after this she notices a fellow classmate and friend had gotten a little inebriated and is definitely not going to be able to drive home safely. So being responsible, she's going to try to find someone to take both of them home. She then finds an individual to drive her and her friend home. Now, because if you go online and you go like looking for more information, you're going to find this individual's name. I'm going to exempt their last name from the retelling of the story But this older individual's name is Josh, and he's friends with her ex-boyfriend, Jared. So according to Paige, Brooklyn had been living with Jared for about a year and a half, and although the family didn't seem to know who Josh was, it was possible that Brooklyn did. Tasha notes that Josh states that he'd known Brooklyn for at least two to three years, but she and the family had never once met him and let alone heard of him. However, Mm -hmm. some of Brooklyn's current friends had met and known of him. Okay. So kind of like that cycle of like, oh, you don't know my parents, but everybody else kind of knows you.
1: Yeah. And if he was a a friend of her ex-boyfriend, I could maybe see that where maybe she wasn't super close to him. So he might not be coming around her family, but she was still around him since while she was presumably dating Her ex, she probably would have been around him a lot, so
0: I can see that. Mm -hmm. Additionally, it sounds like her and her ex were still on really good speaking terms, and they're texting regularly, but there's, like, nothing romantic going on. Yeah. And, additionally, like, Brooklyn's mom even notes that she wouldn't get into a car with anyone she was uncomfortable with or didn't, like, to some degree trust. Yeah. So, ultimately, Brooklyn and her friend catch a ride home from Josh. However, the group stops to look and possibly ride some horses on Floyd Brand Road. From there, the classmate is taken home and Brooklyn was taken back to Josh's residence. Now, where Josh lives, this is a secluded area on the outskirts of Bria with only like eight to nine houses total around there. And there's a large lake nearby, as well as some wooded areas, like, surrounding the area. Brooklyn's mother also notes that the area seemed fairly nice and was actually right across the street from her Sunday school teacher's residence. So she had somebody that she knew around there. Yeah. Okay. Josh is in an awkward situation, though, with this house. He's currently going through a divorce, and the house is currently in foreclosure. Additionally, the residence has no electricity or running water, and in the Investigation Discovery documentary on this, it's very disheveled. Like, it seems like things are kind of, like, falling apart at the seams.
1: Oh, that's not good.
0: Yeah. So, a little uncomfortable. And Brooklyn starts to feel the same way after a while and calls Paige around 4 a.m. to see if she and their cousin can come pick her up. Unfortunately, their cousin is intoxicated and is not going to be capable of driving safely. And without her license, Paige cannot drive.
1: Oh, that's right. Yep.
0: So Paige offers up a solution of basically having somebody come pick her up, to which Brooklyn declines, saying she'll have Jared come pick her up. To go ahead, lock the door, but stay up and listen for her just in case she comes home like she'll need you to unlock it. Yeah. So Paige said that during this conversation, Brooklyn seemed completely in her right mind and it didn't seem like she had been drinking or was even scared for that matter. Shortly after this call, though, Brooklyn begins to text her friends and family frantically trying to get a ride, stating that she was uncomfortable and didn't want to be there anymore. One of these individuals being her ex-boyfriend, Jared. At around 4 a.m., Brooklyn writes, please come pick me up. To which Jared explains he cannot get off of work until 6 to 6.30 a.m. at the earliest. And asks if she'll be okay there until about 7 a.m. Brooklyn says, that's fine. And Jared asks, are you okay? Brooklyn then again states, she's fine. And she's been drinking, but she'd sobered up. She also notes that his friend had gone into the other room and passed out, and she was still sitting on the couch smoking a cigarette. At around 4.26 a.m., Brooklyn begins to become more urgent and begins asking, Can you hurry? Please hurry. And I'm scared. Now, because Jared is working a night shift at a factory and believes everything is all right, he's not regularly checking his phone. But when he does he sees the following message sent at 5 30 a.m. Never mind I'm okay followed by I'm going to a party in Rockcastle County. Now I want to note from here there's a lot of discrepancies between time frames being reported by the media like some of these different media sources say that oh it happened in the a.m. some say it happened in the p.m. there's like things happening before other events so just in like rough mindset like keep that in mind like this might not flow according to the actual timestamp, but i tried to the best of my ability to keep it in a flowing matter that seemed correct based off of interviews and testimonies given so at 9 a.m that morning brooklyn did not show up to a car show she planned to attend with a friend this friend then reaches out to her family and asks if anyone heard from brooklyn To which the family says, no, they haven't. Brooklyn's mom mentions how she's the type of person who would send thousands of text messages of where she's at, who she's with, and where she's going. So this is kind of strange. However, the family isn't quite in full-blown panic mode yet, as it was a late night last night, there was obviously drinking at the second party, and maybe Brooklyn had just fallen asleep or her phone had died. However, Tasha does do some digging to figure out who Brooklyn went home with last night, and through a friend of Paige's, gets the phone number for Josh. She asks if Brooklyn was there, and Josh proceeds to tell her that yes, Brooklyn had been there. She then asks how he knew her, and Josh states that he's been friends and family with her ex-boyfriend Jared, and he's known her for roughly two to three years. He then states that he hadn't seen her that morning, but mentions that she was talking about going to a party in Rock Castle County. Tasha asked if he knew anything about the party, where it was at, who was taking her, and who was bringing her home. Josh replies that he doesn't know anything about the party and that he was feeling uncomfortable at the house because Brooklyn and Jared's previous relationship More so, he was uncomfortable about being there when Jared would come to pick her up. So, from what it sounds like, he actually left before Jared even arrived.
1: That's a little strange. I don't know, I guess he thought it would be awkward, but I don't know, that just seems
0: strange to me. Mm -hmm. So, Tasha mentions that if they don't hear anything from her, or where this party is... In a little bit, she'd be contacting the authorities because everyone is looking for her and she's not answering her phone. She also mentions that her husband is a investigator at the sheriff's department, I believe, at this point before hanging up. The family continues to go about their day, thinking Brooklyn will check in soon. That scenario of her phone's just probably dead or she's sleeping off last night, still running through their heads. Tasha mentions how the family was prepared to go to the lake and it was about a five minute drive from where they lived at, at the time when she receives a call back from Josh. Josh starts to state that he's super nervous and worried, including ma'am, I'm scared. To which Tasha responds, why, what, what do you have to be scared of? Then he states that all of Brooklyn's things are still at his house. Tasha says maybe she left the items to go do something real quick and asked if he looked through them. But Josh responds that he had not looked through her duffel bag or her overnight bag, and he was looking at them through a hole in his window. What? (laughs) Yeah, that was my reaction, too. Like, I was listening to The Vanished during this interview with Tasha. I was like, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) So what's he like?
1: Outside, Like, he just came back to the house, and then he has a hole in his window, and he's like, oh, look, the duffel bag's still inside. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Otherwise, is that what he's meaning?
0: Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. But Tasha was just as confused as we were, and she goes, why? And Josh responds, oh, because my house is on fire.
1: What? Oh, That's how you start the conversation is, I'm concerned that your daughter's stuff's still in my house. Oh, by the way, the house is on fire. Don't you think maybe that would have been an important point to bring up soon? (laughs) Oh my god, like, because then what if she's still in the building and it's on fire? Have you called 911? Our firefighters there to make sure she's not still inside? He seems pretty nonchalant about this whole thing. I'm, like, I'm just looking at her her duffel
0: bag as it burns inside my house. Oh my God. <laughs> just, by the way, the house is burning down. I'm peeking through a hole. My eye's getting a little dry, but I see her things. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so Tasha responds with, what do you mean the house is on fire? Josh states that he doesn't know what happened or if Brooklyn did it. Maybe her cigarette dropped, but when he came back from putting the horses up, the place was on fire. Oh, my God. Now, the red flags, alarm bells, everything starts rolling and the family is going into overdrive. 911 calls are made and the family starts to gather any information on if the fire department had been dispatched to the residents. And if so, what were their thoughts? Now... According to Investigation Discovery, there was a call made to 911 at 7 a.m. from Josh about the building being on fire.
1: And do we know when he called um, her mom? Like, was this about around the same time? Or is this a while later he called her to let her know?
0: So I'm not entirely sure when he made contact with uh, her older sister, Tasha. Oh, it was her sister. Okay. But from my understanding, it might have been a little bit before 7 a.m., However, there's just so many different reports that have different times of when all this is happening That's hard to follow. Additionally, multiple people start calling Brooklyn's phone over and over again, trying to get her to answer. The family rushes to the scene to see if Brooklyn is still there, but upon arriving, all they found was her overnight bag and cowboy boots. Which, the family's like, she didn't even take her shoes. Where is she?
1: Yeah, that's super... Strange for sure. She wouldn't just get up and walk out without her boots. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, according to Investigation Discovery's coverage, when interviewed, Josh stated that he last saw her sitting on the couch smoking a cigarette. And although he didn't feel comfortable leaving her there, he went to tend to his horses, which contradicts the statement Tasha gave that he hadn't seen her that morning.
1: Yeah, that definitely doesn't line up.
0: Mm hmm. The only thing destroyed in this fire was the couch. And what's more, it's the only thing that actually caught fire in the house. That's really weird. It's also important to mention that there's no electricity. So the possibility of faulty wiring being the cause for this fire is out. Hmm. The only thing missing from Brooklyn's belongings are Brooklyn herself and her cell phone.
1: Yeah, I don't like that at
0: all. Mm Mm-mm. Now, the Kentucky State Police immediately began searching the area around the foreclosing house, searching the woods and nearby bodies of water for Brooklyn, utilizing dive teams and cadaver dogs. Law enforcement also used a cell ping tactic to better gain a triangulation of where she might be. The phone rang for about two to three days before it inevitably went dead. Additionally, the area that Brooklyn's phone was pinging in is very close to the area she was last seen. However, this area is incredibly difficult to reach. There are dense woods, steep hills, sinkholes, cliffs, and random drop-offs. And that doesn't even account for the rattlesnakes, copperheads, and other venomous snakes hiding in the bushes or other wildlife lurking around.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a massive struggle to search an area like that
0: Mm -hmm. so searches are still ongoing to this day but without a lot of manpower or help it's difficult to search additionally as time goes on most individuals willing to volunteer don't even know what they're looking for tasha mentions how when they do go out they try to pick an area and search it thoroughly However, at the time of the interview she gave with the Vanished podcast in 2017, they still had not searched at least half of the area. Wow. So Jared was brought in for questioning. However, his alibi is airtight as he was working at the factory all night. Josh was also brought in for questioning, as well as everyone else who attended the party that evening. However, no one is named a suspect in these interviews and has not been named a suspect yet, as far as I could find. Josh has also spoken with law enforcement multiple times, and according to testimony given in the Vanished podcast, he really doesn't seem to be hiding too much. Like He seems very open about going into these interviews, like he doesn't fight it, and he really hasn't had anything come of it with Brooklyn's disappearance, with very little to go on rumors began to run wild people began to theorize that brooklyn's disappearance may be linked to multiple other blonde-haired women who have disappeared in the heartland now i want to pause here real quick because i haven't fully looked into it but with just the circumstances regarding brooklyn's disappearance in the small county the likelihood that it was something this big might be something like a little far-fetched. However, there's still some form of like possibility. Please keep that in mind as we move forward and possibly look into those cases in the future. There are other theories that something went terribly wrong between the hours of 4.26 AM and 5.30 AM. Brooklyn's family fears that something was on the couch and it was burned to destroy evidence. Additionally, Tasha mentions how strange it is that Brooklyn would be going to a party in Rock Castle, 20 miles away from where she was at, at close to 6 a.m. in the morning, and that nobody knows about this party, and nobody else she knows is going. The family also makes mention of how they do not believe that the final text messages sent were actually from Brooklyn especially with her being scared and uncomfortable in the environment and then being completely fine when those are sent.
1: Yeah, that definitely jumped out to me, just the change in tone suddenly in a very short span of time from seeming very anxious and uncomfortable and even saying that she felt scared to just suddenly saying I'm going to this party and everything's okay and not saying anything about, Oh, like so-and-so is coming to pick me up and like, I'll be back at whatever time. I just, I don't know. I feel like, like you said, for one, it's super strange that she would just pick up and go to a party at 6 a.m. But, you know, even mm-hmm. if she did decide for whatever reason to go to a party at 6 a.m., like, maybe one of her friends is like, I'll come get you, but only if you come with me to whatever. Then you'd think she would just tell her family, like, hey, I had trouble finding a ride home. Like, so-and-so is picking me up. We're going here. I'll see you later. It just seems like the way she they described her she would have provided more detail if that's really what happened. If she really was going to party, it seems like she would have checked in more or just given more information. So they knew what was going on. So definitely with how like quick that mess or or short that message was and how little details in that message of just in this County, like that's not even I'm going to a party at such and such address in the County (laughs) Is a huge area for one, and two, just that quick of a turnaround in the change of tone that just doesn't seem very likely either. That she would go straight from being scared to all of a sudden, I'm fine. Unless it I think the only time you'd see a quick turnaround like that is if, you know, somebody she trusted had come and picked her up and she was going home or going somewhere that she felt like was safe, then I could see her being like, I'm fine now. But yeah, just the, I'm going to a party in this county, that just seems so vague and strange that just all the different factors together definitely make it seem off.
0: Yeah, there's something weird going on there because when I first watch this like documentary on investigation i literally like paused and like why would she be saying like i'm scared please come get me like basically begging for somebody to come get her get her out of the situation because she's uncomfortable she hasn't been in this like type of environment that there's no electricity there's no running water she's obviously been drinking previously and honestly the first thing i go to when i sober up is water oh yeah And then all of a sudden it's like, never mind, I'm okay. Yeah,
1: super, super weird.
0: So law enforcement have spoken about how they are still continuing to work on this case to this day and how voluntary disappearances hinder cases like Brooklyn's in the public eye. Speculation that an individual left of their own volition or ran away can be detrimental in how these crimes are solved. The current investigator does not believe that Brooklyn left of her own free will. And this was not the case of somebody walking away from their life to reemerge sometime later.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. If she was a teenage runaway, why would she run away without her boots or Mm -hmm. her overnight bag? And I mean, even if it was a situation of I feel so unsafe here, I just need to get myself out of this place You'd think she still would have put on her boots, even if she left her bag. She would have at least put on her boots and walked out in her boots. I can't imagine she'd go running out barefoot unless it's my life is in danger. I need to run. You know, if she just calmly got up and walked out, she would have taken the time to put her boots on. So that just doesn't add Mm -hmm. up.
0: Yeah. And even if her life was in danger, she had her phone, too. Like, it's not saying that her life wasn't in danger. There are multiple, like, things that can happen. And when things are heading south, they head south. Fast, it feels like oh, yeah. you are in like three x speed, and you are fighting. Um, like even having the momentary like clarity to be like, I need to call nine one one, I need to grab my shoes. Like, it's those types of things like go out the window. Yeah, and it's true. It's so hilly and like it's very morbid to think about. But if it's so hilly and like rough terrain over there, what's to say that? something didn't happen to her at the house. Those text messages are sent from the house because that's her last known location when she was still alive. And this individual goes and throws this phone off a cliff or God knows what.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely the, the couch being the only thing that burned that strange, the, The fact she didn't have her boots and that the phone, you know, was ringing for two or three days, but it obviously Mm -hmm. wasn't getting through to her. Yeah, it's just a lot of strange, strange things that I agree. There's no way that I think you could write that off as a teenage runaway situation or anything like that. There's definitely some some sort of foul play or something that happened there. Mm -hmm.
0: There's something going on. So the most important thing that the investigator noted is that they want to give the family closure. They want prosecution for the case, and they want to see that justice is served for Brooklyn and the Farthing family. Furthermore, the investigator does mention how the roads off of the interstate are not like your normal roads that you'd see. There's not always cleared brush off the sides, and sometimes it pushes right up to the woods, especially on roads that lead to hunting grounds. It's unfortunate, but very possible that someone could have missed something or something could have been disposed off the side of the road and just nobody has seen it yet.
1: Yeah, that kind of terrain that like you were describing earlier with sinkholes and cliffs and hills and lakes nearby, that's a whole lot of terrain that if you're trying to hide evidence or dump something that you don't want to be found, that's a lot to dig through and try to find something. And especially now that the case has gone cold and this isn't something that happened just yesterday, I think the chances of finding any sort of evidence that could have been dumped in the outdoors grow slimmer and slimmer as things degrade, I would imagine.
0: Mm-hmm. And even when looking at search tactics that are used to actually like go through and thoroughly investigate like an area, These types of tactics, because it's so hilly out there and it's so rugged, they don't necessarily always work because you have to work around the environment. It's very, very difficult to even have a formulating, like, grid structure where you're, like, running lines going down and then everybody turns and they come back across. Yeah. So, it's... It's rough. Like when they say that it is hard to sh- search, it is hard to search. Like I have yeah. no doubt in that. Additionally, oh, yeah. like I think the investigator even made mention that it's like we have hills up and down. And it's like, he's like, we literally do. Like the hill goes up, the hill goes down. Like it, it's back to back. It's just valleys of this. Yeah. With little plateaus in sight. Wow. So. Moreover, law enforcement also wants answers for what happened to Brooklyn and continue to hold hope that there will be closure in this case in the near future. Now, for some notes that didn't seem to fit comfortably anywhere else, I've just kind of pushed them to the end. According to investigation discovery, Josh works in road maintenance and knows the backwoods of Bria inside and out. Additionally, Josh was arrested in August of 2020 for unrelated charges of possession of child pornography. Hmm. Brooklyn's mother does want him to be questioned again regarding her daughter's disappearance as she believes he knows more than what he's told police. Uh Unfortunately, though, Brooklyn's family is dealing with the sombering reality that Brooklyn may not be alive anymore. And without a body, the investigation is hindered. Tasha states that the thing about people who have family members who are missing is the grief never goes away. Because this is an active investigation, there is information that cannot be discussed actively by law enforcement. Because they do need to consider the future court proceedings and how what they're disclosing now may affect that process in the future. It's been nearly 10 years since Brooklyn disappeared. She would be 28 now, going on 29. There is a active Facebook page, as well as a website for Brooklyn and a $14,000 reward being offered for information leading to the return of Brooklyn Farthing or the capture and conviction of those responsible for her disappearance. So Brooklyn Farthing is described as such. She has blonde strawberry hair. At the time of her disappearance, it was shoulder length. Brown eyes. She has her ears pierced, left and right ear. A birthmark on her left hip. And she was last seen wearing blue jeans and a gray t-shirt with a FFA insignia on it. Future Farmers of America. If you have any information regarding Brooklyn Farthing, please contact the Kentucky State Police at 859-623-2404 or at kentuckystatepolice.org. I'll also link her name as profile in my show notes below.
1: Well, I really hope that some more information surfaces and that this family can get closure. But yeah, definitely check out the information in the show notes we want to get the word out as much as possible we will also make sure that when we do the social media posting for this case that we link applicable information and just get the word out about uh, what she looks like and hopefully some more information turns up to help this case get solved thank you again for listening to haunting cases podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Haunting Cases Podcast and on Twitter at
0: Haunting Cases. If you have a listener tale, story request, or any questions, email us at hauntingcasespodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. So, what do you say, listeners? Are you haunted too?